Syndrome City is a podcast started by Sydney-based UX designers Tamara and Alex. It hopes to explore and start conversations around diversity in the tech space. If you would like to contact us or be on the podcast, please email us on syndrome.city.podcast at gmail.com. Episode eight. We've been in this for eight whole episodes. That's eight. I'm weeks. very proud of us. Two months. Two, two months of podcasting. How are you guys feeling about us? <laughs> we'd love to. We'd love to receive any emails or comments on how you think we're going. Things that we could do to improve. Things that you like. Feel mm-hmm. free to drop us a line at syndrome.city.podcast@gmail.com. Or if you want to play like a fun UX challenge with us, we'd be down for it. Or anybody who wants to maybe jump on and talk their piece on our podcast, please reach out to us. We're more than happy to have people on. For sure. Okay, so today's lovely episode is going to be short and sweet. Maybe not so short. We'll see how we go. Um, We're going to start with telling you guys about how we met. How we, became, how we became how we became attached to the that. hip who did the surgery <laughs> great surgeons to attach to the hip oh yes i don't think you guys know these details and i feel like it's really important that you know why we are attached to the hip so do you, do you want to start tomorrow because essentially like though we'd met before this the day that we became close was actually your birthday Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes, on my birthday, I forced everyone to take a group photo. You know, there's family pics you don't want to take with your family. Yeah, I forced <laughs> everyone to take that pic. Mind you, I wasn't even close with everyone in that class during my birthday. I think it was like a week three. Yeah, it was. No, no, it was in the first week, I think. No, first week was. Um, oh, no, that's right. It was when we were working on um, Maths Words, Not Squiggles yep or right before something like that it was pretty early yeah and then we were all all like panicking and scrambling around I remember that and I was hungry like I'm always hungry won't lie and then Alex comes in you know you know that light at the end of the tunnel yeah that was Alex for me that day she's like do you want food go to Uber Eats and I was just like God is real Little did she know I was just hungry and needed an excuse to like order Uber Eats without feeling incredible guilt, without feeling incredible guilt. So I'm just like, <laughs> birthday girl, I'm going to buy her dinner slash lunch and then I can also order something for myself because I'm hungry. <laughs> but a good tactic, if you ever want to make friends, food. buy them food on their birthday or buy them food in general. Or make them food even. <laughs> so now by default... Um, in GA, it, it was usually really, really comfortable with them. And so they wouldn't really put you to work with them in groups. So me and her, you know, she tried to down talk me for like eight weeks. <laughs> Desperately trying to work with each other. <laughs> yeah. 
if she would walk past them, walk past you know, coach and everything, and then just be like, I don't like her. I just don't <laughs> like her. She's a horrible person. <laughs> but she'll also hang out with me 24-7. So you can imagine how that was. Um, come the final project, client project. Yeah. And you know, GAL coach and uh, you know, assistant, shout out to Colin, loves being dramatic. Um, we were all anticipating like, oh, who are we getting? Who are we getting? Um, obviously we, we all loved each other, but you just never know what happens down in project time because we get really stressed and everyone stresses differently and everyone deals with stress differently. And so, even if someone has like great skills, it could be that you just clash from like a work yeah. ethic point of view. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or personality wise. Yeah. So we're just waiting, waiting and what we did was we, we would take down every name that was being mentioned and like, okay, that person's gone and that person's gone too. Okay. So this just narrows it down to five people. And then it came down and no one was left except me and her. And we just stared. We're like, is this real? Wait. Are they putting us together? They put us together. <laughs> and then they said our names and we were just, we were still reeling, mind you, still reeling at that point. We were hyperventilating and messaging each other from a distance, saying like, no, it's okay. If you'll panic, I'll help you. No, it's okay. If I'll panic, you'll help <laughs> I just know that like, all I could think about was that Jeff Goldblum meme of you crazy son of a, you did it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I sent that to the teacher and the assistant as soon as they announced that we were together. I'm like, yep. You did this. You, you did it. <laughs> and so then um we were happy i think i think we knew that not because we were only just friends it was because we complemented each other's skills as well um i mean that's how i felt that's how i felt too i think it was we (laughs) both had seen each other how each other worked um through like watching each other during the project time so i would see what Tamara struggled with and what Tamara was strong with and she would see the same because obviously you're able to look in from the outside and and make a judgment of like you know how this person works do you reckon that we ever work well with each other and you can't get everything but you can get a good idea and gauge how you're going to work together and me and Tamara um even though like a lot of people thought that you know as friends we would find it hard to work with each other we kind of knew that we would be able to support each other because we did have similar um, mindsets on how to get work done and we were similar in our work processes. That's true. Um, I think I knew that from the get-go because she, she, Alex has a strong um, researchy analysis side to her, which I was like, God damn, like, wow, those skills, you do it, you get it. And I was like, I'm just very used to design and I guess I wanted like a, I wanted to branch out. I knew it. I didn't want to branch out, but I was a bit scared. So I did need that sort of sort of foundation. And she helped me a lot with that foundation. She did challenge me. I will tell you that. In a sense, in a good way, not in like, a, oh my God, she was freaking horrible. In the, <laughs> in the sense that when it came to interviews or ways of thinking, uh, she might, you know, push me. She might ask me something and be like, what do you think about it? Or why would you say that kind of thing? So yeah, she did challenge me in that sense, which was very good for the research part of me. I did not know what 
was even there so thank you thank you for that <laughs> i think it was just good because like and this i guess comes from my teaching background is you want to make sure that you're when you're on the same page as someone that they understand and that they're not just kind of like going along with it because especially in something like ux if you're building something together you want to make sure that you're both understanding why you're coming to these uh, conclusions and why you're saying let's mm -hmm. build this way to support this um yeah. because otherwise like you're just kind of then you're just doing ba like ui or design you're not actually doing ux which is building with a purpose that's true um that's true. so is that and and just like to make sure that we were on the same page, to make sure that I was understanding the same thought process. It was good to just kind of probe each other. Like Tamara didn't hold back either. She would ask me, you know, mm -hmm. why are we thinking that? Where is that basis coming from as well? Like a lot of the time we would ask each other, we would probe each other to make sure that we were both on the same page. Mm -hmm. um, and also just to like play devil's advocate and go, okay, well, what if we did try this? Or what if this was the case? Just so we could try and, um, think of things from like every different perspective so that we could build for a large group of people instead mm -hmm. of just building for one or two people in mind yeah for sure yeah it, we we didn't even feel like it was a i don't know for me i didn't feel like it was like oh i'm working with my friend this is cute and fun no it was a challenging project it was challenging to the degree where we literally were in the room we did not leave the room we did not want anyone entering that room <laughs> because, because we were really trying to um, break the problem down without any external interferences, I would say. Um, it was good to, you know, sometimes get like advice and feedback from others, but you, I feel like sometimes you also have to be careful with the advice you get. It's sort of like with the relationships. The only person that knows the relationship is the person in it and they know it really well and so that's how i felt with this project because we were there from day dot we were we had more knowledge on like the whole project the client um i don't know the business goals and everything so but yeah, also just like certain <laughs> feedback if you don't know in depth what's going on can be quite subjective mm. so it's definitely something that we would take on when people would come and give us feedback but we'd make sure that we were paying attention to who it was coming from um yeah. and we would all, like to make sure that they were our audience that we were trying mm -hmm. to build towards but also we we took it with a grain of salt unless we heard the feedback multiple times across several different people and then we know okay that's something that we definitely need to address we definitely need to work on because it's feedback that's coming multiple times from a stream of different people mm -hmm. um and i think that's important when you're doing like usability testing user yeah. testing you want to make sure that okay yep definitely take everything yeah. into consideration write it all down exactly. um and see what the themes are is only one person saying this is wrong is six mm -hmm. people saying that they don't like the way this is done uh and it helps make you it helps make more educated and more uh i guess um data driven kind of decisions mm -hmm. um and as well like in our process uh for the the thing that we were working on the client project that we were working on it was a very complex project because it did kind of air more on the side of service and customer experience design, um, which meant that there were times where if we, uh, we were getting feedback at certain times, it would kind of throw us off course. We wanted to get feedback at appropriate times. Um, and I think if you're coming in and you're getting feedback at times where you're still trying to like come up with the comprehension of what's going on and what you're building and what you're tackling, it can kind of push mm -hmm. you off course too much. 
So I think we, with us like trying to isolate ourselves in one room um, and getting like a lot of work done privately, it was just so that we could kind of build up what our knowledge of the product and the content was um, and get a really good handle on it before we started approaching people and asking for feedback. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when you do get, let's say, your data and your knowledge and um, all your like information, I feel like you should sit with it and try to understand it, break it down. Where does this come from? Why was this said? Why was this their behavior kind of thing? Um, and as well, like Alex said, usability testing helps a lot. <laughs> yeah, I feel like usability testing helps, you know, confirm your assumptions or it might not. But Sometimes these little tests that you do can help prove your point. Because if you just hear advice externally and you'll just like, you know, how much to show them, it might not work out. So do those tests, do that analysis. Especially if like you've already got an existing platform or product, it's good to just do an initial test with people to see like, how are they liking the original product? Because you might have a bias yourself as the UX designer on, I don't like how this is done, but it might be functional and working for some people and something that isn't needing attention as immediately as you think. There might be a greater problem that uh, Mm -hmm. needs to be worked on, which is coming back to things like MVP, figure out what's the main viable products, what is the most important thing uh, to getting your product or your service to a state where people are going to be able to use it better and get the light and stuff out of it. How do you think we planned it out planned out our project in a way that we both benefit and that we both you know you upskill in ui and that i would upskill in ux how did you think we went about that that we both get the you know the balance i think it was good because we both took charge of our area like i definitely think i took a little bit more charge on the research side just in the sense of like recruiting people getting things ready um but i always would work with you as well and going like okay here are some of the interview Mm -hmm. questions i'm thinking of putting forward let's go through them together and talk about what we could maybe change or what else we could put in um and then from the ui side you very much took the lead of this is how i'm thinking it could look um uh here are two options what are you preferring which one do you think we should a b test and that kind of thing so it was very much uh collaborative effort the whole way through Mm -hmm. but the person who was stronger in their section would take a little bit more charge and help just Mm -hmm. organize things and help uh, the other person kind of get a grasp on like um okay so this is what works this is what doesn't this is how that works this is how this can be done because we were both um competent i think in all areas it's just like we had our strengths in one area or another Mm -hmm. she's just not used to the tools (laughs) She is good with all her visual skills. She's really good. <laughs> it's just, well, I mean, like I went to a, I went to a high school called, um, it's, it's not everybody knows it. It's called Glennie and Rudolf Steiner, which is a school that is heavily, um, heavily immersed in like art and culture and that kind of stuff. So mm. I'd been doing like a lot of visual stuff from like a very young age. I just didn't have the techniques down. I could tell when something was not sitting right or when it was wrong. Mm-hmm. But knowing how to um, fix that or what tools to use or what techniques to use, that was where I was kind of struggling. And I think you yeah. definitely helped me a lot with that, with, okay, so this is this way, um, what looks wrong, what looks off, what looks misaligned, how can we fix that? And just kind of helping me build up that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then 
which is something we'll go into later in a second. Um, I've like been trying to upskill myself on the tools with this time that we have while we're job hunting. Oh yeah, you guys, we're going to share with you our top 10 things, our top 10 list. <laughs> our top 10 thingy thing list. <laughs> no, it's our, our top 10 list of like things that we personally are doing at the moment um, yeah, to fill the kind of time. <laughs> so shall we, shall we go through the top 10 list now? Yes. You want to start us off tomorrow on our top 10 list of things that we personally are doing right now to fill the time? Yes. So number one is UI challenges. Um, I found that, okay, yes, I do have a strong design background. However, the way um, there's, you know, how there's different tablets and web apps and all these things, um, the different sizes can change the visual a lot. So I felt like doing these UI challenges for a month really helps you um, with undersizing fonts or even coloring or spacing or even those little things, those really little details. The UI challenge, I feel like pushed me a lot. Um, it pushed me a lot. Um, I had to be really patient with that. Um, for anyone who really would like to develop a day like you, because it could be really simple things like one day it could be do the error page one day it can be the delete button um but there's also if you want a little ui kits that show you like from iphone to ipad to huge pc and like different layouts so if people want to look at that feel free to i recommend it do you want to tell us where we that where they can find those uh, it depends. So what I used was Adobe XD and I know that Adobe XD does have UI kits. So if you just search like UI toolkits, um, there's for iPhone. Um, I haven't dabbed, doubled into the Android part yet. I should though. Um, but for sure, there's, I know that Apple, the Apple website has a bunch of UI kits you can use and play around with do that. Awesome. Then number two is keeping in touch with people in the industry. So LinkedIn, as we mentioned before, is a great resource to keep in touch and reach out to people uh, in the industry that you maybe admire or you've seen maybe their portfolio and you want to reach out to them and get a little bit more information about them, mm -hmm. uh, network a little bit through that, or even just get maybe advice on your own portfolio. Um, it's, it's really important to keep in touch during this time and just, you know, be empathetic towards each other and kind towards each other because they are probably getting quite a few emails from messages mm -hmm. from quite a few people. So, um, be considerate when you are reaching out to people that they, mm -hmm. um, might be low on time or a bit time poor, or they might be busy themselves, but I know most people will connect with you and will talk back with you. And it's a good way to just kind of you know show your usp to people like show that your how your point of difference is so when the jobs are starting to come back up again as we start to get through the other side of this you will be on the forefront of people's minds mm -hmm. that's true going into that number three which is virtual meetups um i think so the ones we're familiar with like meetup website or even general assembly um not all but some are willing to go online um, so I do say like keep that like keep a lookout on those because they do have a bunch of virtual meetups also with what Alex said about LinkedIn and people in the industry some of them sometimes might 
um, do things on a whim. I know some some of them would be like, oh, hey, if you if anyone needs to jump on like a Zoom chat where we discuss, I don't know, what's happening in the industry or how we can improve your portfolios or resumes, then, you know, let's like all come together. So do keep a lookout on that as well. And just to like jump on the end of that, um, <clears throat> I know that, for example, Design at Japan and Design at Taipei do do a um, uh, fairly free, I think at least once a month, uh, digital meetup at the moment. Um, that is part of service design, I think it's called. I'll look into that mm -hmm. and I'll add it below. Um, they're really great. Their last one was about uh, talking about things and tools that we can do uh, through working from home as a UXer or as a service designer. So it's definitely mm -hmm. not all meetups have been completely put on hold. Some are yeah. still trying to do it digitally and remotely. And it is definitely worthwhile trying to jump onto those and continuing to network through that venture or through mm -hmm. that way. Uh, and then number, because I forgot that I'm the next number, number four. Um, number four is we are going to see and check out the logistics of maybe starting a small merchandising business. So side hustles at the moment. If you haven't got work and you're searching for work, maybe look into some side hustles that you can do in the meantime. I mean, there are plenty of websites out there that uh, allow you to get paid for user testing or usability testing. Uh, there are sites out there where you can do data entry or convert audio into, um, into text for people that don't pay a lot. But if you are looking for a little bit of extra income or wage during this time, um, or like, like Tamara and myself, where you're thinking of starting like a little side business where we're going to maybe build out some stickers um, and a little bit of merchandise and stuff just for a little bit of extra for me, upskill in, in UI and visuals, but uh, for both of us, just for maybe a little bit of extra side hustle money and just to practice, you know, running a business. And also, I feel like there's a lot of humor that deserves to be out in the world right now. <laughs> it should just put it to good use. <laughs> and I guess on the topic of side hustles, number five. Ah, uh, yes, our podcast. You guys listen. Podcast. <laughs> so our podcast um surprisingly positive feedback um especially from people in the industry who notice that we're taking you know the initiative to do this and you know talk to them surprisingly um we've even noticed people in the industry love being interviewed in these sort of situations they really have a lot of energy and positivity when they come and speak to us, which is really nice. We've had um, some pretty big do I names. Recommend it for everyone? Do I recommend it for everyone? It really depends on the person. I feel like you need that bit of passion and drive and that interest. I feel like because otherwise you might drift off. Um, Especially with, with us, I feel like during this whole corona thing, it has been a 50-50 thing where we're like, we do really want to keep going and we are still pushing to do this, um, even though it's difficult, but we will still try our best. Um, I reckon if you have the content and it's something you really, really want to talk about, you have the equipment, go for it. And if you ever need any help setting it up, just drop us okay. a line. We're always happy to help out. <laughs> true that okay number six physical activity so um <laughs> gyms have been shut down which is great 
Um, and a lot of people are going on walks, which is, I think, fantastic, but obviously it does get hard when large groups of people are all walking together or you're trying to distance yourself from people while you're walking because um, pathways can be quite narrow at times. So I think, you know, trying to find ways to exercise at home. Um, there are countless yoga, low impact cardio, um, Pilates videos on YouTube. Uh, you also can, if you do have a little bit of extra income, can jump on uh, a numerous amount of like sites like Rebel Sport or Amazon and just get a few small pieces like resistance bands or if you have a slightly bigger home, weights um, and just, I mean, start doing physical uh, things from home because it does definitely help with obviously like mood um if you're mm -hmm. wanting to get that summer body when you you know move out of isolation that's also a thing um but it does help with uh getting creative juices going as well and keeping the mind healthy oh i could never get that summer body it's been 24 years anyway also <laughs> applications i think there's a lot of apps that <laughs> give you free workouts um i know one that i use i think why what i like about it, it's called workout women oh i have that one too seven it's minute workouts and you actually hyperventilate like it's really effective mine's been um, yelling at me because i haven't been on in a couple of days <laughs> <laughs> it's like you haven't been exercising come on let's do this I was gonna say learn a new a new language, but honestly, that's up to everyone else. Um, number seven is be creative again. So, <clears throat> I really miss creating um, art just from just from my love for it, and not because oh, there's these people that want me to do things for them, I have to do them. Um, so I dabbled into photography and illustrations again. And it feels so calming. Um, strangely, I do my best work when I'm upset. I don't know. I, I don't know what that. What She's a tortured artist. <laughs> I mean, give me one famous artist that does not have a sad background. But anyway, <laughs> I know Alex has been doing it as well. Yeah, I um, and we this comes across something that we'll discuss later. But I've been um hosting little art sessions with my friends every Thursday, just following along with a tutorial or just picking a picture for inspiration, and each taking our own different kind of view of making it and creating it in our own style, um, which has been great for me. I've been using that to kind of uh have something to do, let out some creative juices, and also. Um, just learn some new skills, but then also with me as well, like doing some music again and and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And moving okay. into the next point, because this actually does a kind does kind of flow into the next point, which is upskilling. So as I mentioned, like I have been doing a little bit more art at home um, to try and just develop my eye a little bit more, and also develop the skills and the tools that I need to know how to change things and fix things which i've been doing both on like physical painting and drawing but also by upskilling and trying to learn how to use uh, adobe illustrator more proficiently um and doing small like courses online just to kind of again develop my my understanding my knowledge of tools and how to use them um there are multiple platforms that do both free and paid for courses a lot of places are doing 
free kind of months or free weeks of courses uh, that you can use to upskill. Um, and it's a good time, especially if you have come out of a, a GA course or an Academy SI course and you feel that there's maybe um, a little bit of knowledge gap, it's the perfect time to kind of upskill and kind of bridge that gap so that you can make yourself an even more um, desirable candidate. Share that's offering free courses for the next two months or something, and it's really broad. I think it's got UX courses as well. It's got how to be minimal. It's got how to yoga. It's yeah, it's pretty broad. So if you guys want to look into that, please do. Next point number nine: group Zoom chats with friends. So for me, it's been trying to do online gaming with friends. I like to be competitive and also Netflix party where you can watch movies with your friends and watch it, their commentary on the side, which is pretty hilarious, if I'm honest. <laughs> and Alex has been teaching her friends. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, like I mentioned before, we've been doing like together little tutorial videos on how to paint where we'll for, follow a tutorial, kind of like cork and canvas, but remotely. Um, and then I, as of Easter, have been uh, just doing live streams to my friends and anybody who's interested uh, cooking videos because I'm actually quite an avid home cook. So teaching my friends to make uh, certain recipes that I've made for them like thousands of times that they really want to know how to make um, and mm -hmm. taking them through the steps and the cooking process um, and even like attempting some new desserts that I hadn't tried before and having them watch along and follow yeah. along with me so that we can kind of go, hey, how's this looking for you? How's this working for you? Is, I'm trying this technique. Is that working for you, et cetera? So it, it's another kind of like upskill that you can do. It doesn't have to be cooking. It can be something else as well. Mm -hmm. I found those group Zoom chats really interesting. It's, I feel closer to my friends than I have ever before. They just feel like a second family all over again. It's, it's pretty cute. Number 10 is reading. So I know Alex reads books. I am a 50-50 person where I have picked up on a few of my books, but I also enjoy little articles. Um, I don't know. I just or like those um what what's it called? There's something called Academy of Skills. So those are videos that um basically talk to you about the how the brain works or how the personalities are, or even TED Talks or documentaries. I'm all for that type of content. So that between books, it's like a fifty fifty. Whereas I've been um I'm probably going more on fiction books at the moment i've currently am reading a book on greek mythology because that was a huge passion of mine when i was a kid i was obsessed with greek mythology and elizabethan period tudor history i don't know why but i was <laughs> um so i'm rereading a book on greek mythology um i'm gonna read some of my favorite fiction books uh that i used to be obsessed with and that i read used to reread all the time mm -hmm. um but I also have quite a few books on psychology that I want to kind of revisit. Uh, some of them are more on abnormal, abnormal psychology, um, based kind of around uh, uh, sociopaths and that kind of thing and how they function in a daily life. Um, to things like, you know, how music has an effect on the mind and how it works with the mind, which were all books that I kind of used a lot during my um my research projects through my master's degree. And then also just like, 
books on why we think the way we think, why we do the things we do from what we know of neuropsychology so far. Those things, I like those real documentaries, you know, there's um, detective types where they're trying to find the killer. How did he do what he did? Why he, I, True I, crimes. Those. Oh, those are my favourite. They're good. I've been watching like, well, I wasn't watching, but I, I was listening end of, not end of last year, end of the year before, uh, I was listening to a, it was a podcast, True Crime, um, which is Teacher's Pet, which is all about uh, a controversy that happened back in the 80s with a um, mm-hmm. a school teacher and his wife has gone missing and he ended up moving in his 16-year-old girlfriend. Oh God! It's a lot, but it's 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 definitely something that's worth listening to because the um the court case is going on as we speak. Oh, my favorite recent one is the Silent Twins. Have you heard of them? I have not heard of the Silent Twins. The Silent Twins are these two uh, girls in the UK who are born and they're so silent, but they can actually communicate with each other only. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and it reached a point where, like, as they grew older, people thought they were discussing or, like, speaking a different language, sorry. But actually, it was just English, but you can't hear them. And they mirrored the actions so much. But the interesting part of this is that they actually documented their thoughts through, like, journaling or voice recording throughout, like, the years of growing. Um, they end up in jail, the one dies. It's, it's crazy, but listen, it's interesting. Can you send me this? I want to re- see this okay. one. I will. I will send this to you. No worries. If anyone wants any recommendations for true crime or you know supernatural <laughs> things, apparently we've got heaps. Um, but yeah, I, I if anybody wants any like book recommendations or song recommendations or any podcast or video or documentary recommendations, hit us up. We have a ridiculous amount. You can follow our Instagram. Yeah, follow our Instagram. So we'll actually pop that down this time and you guys can see when we're doing some of our latest endeavors and side hustles or if you just want to like <laughs> chat with us. If you need a sticker, we're also here for you. We love a good sticker. We love a good sticker. <laughs> well, I think that's the end of Syndrome City for this week. Uh, we are going to try and have some guests lined up for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we just ask you guys to be patient with us on that front because obviously everyone is quite busy and with working from home at the moment uh, mm-hmm. that it does take a little bit longer. But thank you guys so much for coming along this wild ride with us and <laughs> we hope you guys are all good and healthy. And safe. And safe. All of those things. Okay, bye, a little syndrome city people. <laughs> bye. <laughs>